Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, we were in Arizona this weekend. And uh, we went to the Eagles game. And after they lost, I, you know, as you know, I have to watch my sodium because of my heart. But I said it's the birthday week and early birthday week. And I'm cheating. And I, I got poutine. I think it's called poutine. And I hear about it all the time. I've seen it on TV shows. And I'm such a hypocrite because I go. And now, poutine is like cheese curd and french fries and this one had chiles and it had like a barbecue pork yeah it's a sodium nightmare and what do i do i'm such an idiot i order the fries with no salt like it makes a difference i have so much and i'm gonna tell you though this stuff i'm glad i have to watch what i eat because it is so good and i'm serious it's so good and it's so bad for you but i would i would every sunday when i watch football i would eat this and it's it's popular now it's poutine i think it's it's pronounced p-o-u-t-i-n-e and uh have you, my guess is Mercedes. Monroe. Hi. Have you, do you, are you familiar with the poutine? I love everything you're saying right now. Okay, have you had it? Because I've seen it like on TV shows or like, because I watch a lot of, I don't know if you watch cooking shows, but I Some watch. T- yeah. And, but it's, it's the, it's so bad for you. And <sighs> I mean, and I, I had to watch my sodium intake and, but I'm bad every once in a while, but it's just, it's everything. I mean, do you like junk food? Cause you're, you're in great shape. You know, you're, you're an actress. You have to watch what you do. Do you do you love junk food? I you know I don't. I actually I love it's so boring. I love like fresh yummy sort of healthy boring stuff, but salt is my thing. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It, get off it. I'm telling I you, it will give you high blood pressure and and it's very easy to cut your salt. I don't I don't I just actually I just wrote a cookbook that we're pitching. Oh about, no way. It's called Stop the Assault and the A and oh. says Stop the Salt. And it's about low sodium cooking for one, because before Joanne moved out here when I would go back and forth, you know, you eat at home by yourself and yeah. and or if you eat out at restaurants, there's so much sodium. Now do you add salt like the, are you one of those you don't know, not a pizza salt person, are no, you? No, I mean I, I love it but I don't use it a lot. Okay. So it's it's a treat. Like same with sugar and that kind of stuff. I I make sure that when I have it, it's you know it's a fun treat. But well, man, I love it. I love. I used to go crazy when people would put like salt on pizza, and I'd be like, "What are you doing? You're ruining it." But it's weird if you don't eat salt for a while when you eat even a little bit, yeah. you're like, "Oh my god!" I mean, it, your taste buds really get rid of it. Because when I gave up salt, I also I mean I didn't give it up. I still but I also gave up smoking. Oh wow! And so my taste buds now are like. Popping. So it's and amazing what and like all the wonderful flavors that you can now taste. Now you said the healthy like what kind of foods do you like? Uh, my diet is so boring. Um, I I don't know that I like it, but I mean it works for me. It makes me feel good, and therefore I like it. I don't know that I enjoy eating such you know like I tend to have you know a lot of salads and a shake a spinach shake in the morning and. You know, some fruit and nuts and a spinach shake. Are you bored yet? No. Do you do you use a Nutribullet? Um, I use a Vitamix. Okay. Same, same, right? Oh, it's amazing because whenever you would juice, I don't know when juicing came out, you would get it and you would have to buy like a bushel of apples. Yes. And you put them through and you have to clean them and you get like an ounce. Right. And then I guess the Vitamix is the same. You just throw stuff in, a little bit of water, and and then there's no cleanup. It's great, and yeah, it's great if you if you're lazy. It's also great because um, it, it's so high powered it can do anything you can make soup i mean i don't cook but in theory you could make soup or i don't know um i just make shakes i don't actually know if i really need that severe of a machine but whatever yeah it's good so now you're originally from st louis um i was born there okay so because i was reading you had a very different you grew up in the south pacific and fiji i mean how did were were you a military brat or Uh, my dad worked for the united nations so um we his the project he was working for was in the south pacific in the solomon islands in fiji so yeah and i grew up there until I was like 10, which is pretty incredible. Um, and I was a baby when I moved. So born in St. Louis, but I don't have a, a huge attachment to the place. Now, growing up and being in Fiji, I'm sure, I don't know if it's, I've never been to Fiji, but I'm sure the TV and everything is different. I mean, how did you decide, Was it? A, did you want to get in acting when you were a little kid or how did this path happen? Well, um, well we had no TV, no radio, no nothing. Wow. So I didn't even know that this was a career uh, until recently. <laughs> um, but I... It was kind of, I don't, I, I think it inform, informed um, me going into this career in the sense that we had to be super imaginative because we didn't have a lot of toys and stuff. So uh, I think that maybe played into why I love my job so much, um, the creativity aspect of it. But uh, does that answer the question? Yeah. No, can you, can you, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No. It's, Closer. No, 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 it's just you're, you're at the table, the arms, that's right. Oh, sorry. So, so, so you're, you're 10, you're in Fiji. Now, where do you go from Fiji? Because, I mean, first of all, as a kid in Fiji, I mean, 
what do you do? It's, it's, it's so beautiful, I bet. But it's yeah. like, what, what would your day? Were the schools normal? Um, I mean, we had school, absolutely. We also, you know, games where you play outside with the kids. And uh, a really popular game was you would take two sticks and roll tires and race them. Stuff like that. Because we lived in a house among huts. So okay. it was very, you know. Um, and you just play. You know, you're a kid, you play. And my, my relatives would send, like, a toy occasionally or... We did have a VH, uh, VCR, so, you know, we'd get a, a tape of, you know, Madonna's music video or something, every, or the Smurfs, which was pretty exciting. Um, I just realized I was a kid watching Madonna, like, really little. Like. Yeah, well, but we have nothing else to watch. It's <laughs> right. not like, you know, it's like, come on. I mean, back then, well, that's the thing. Back then, though, no one sat there. I mean, I mean the Madonna, so, like, a virgin. You know, if you're a little kid, you're not understanding what it means. Right, if it's you look just at fun. It, yeah, it's just like, she's dancing or, like, you know, she's on a boat dancing or Danny Aiello's yelling at her and popping right, right. preach but you're a kid you don't understand yeah, that yeah it's just yeah it's just fun what is it like for you now when you when you see kids do you have children no okay well when you see kids what is it like because now i mean when you growing up and I, even where i grew up you know your kids would just go out and play right you just go out and play and for you there was no tv right and you came out for, well you're adjusted well, you that's know. debatable <laughs> yeah but i'm saying but you know you you think what do you think now when you see like these kids who just like they never leave the house do you sit there and go man you're missing out or what goes through your mind uh, well not only that not only the connection but just also nature and I, I feel like how important that is for your body and your mind and just your soul but um you know i don't know i feel like every generation kind of says you know oh this one's ruined <laughs> when i was a kid right yeah i i i, I, I caught myself doing that the other day I'm like god i am getting old i don't know what it was but but then i was like sitting there going wait a second no i'm right and i was sitting there going wait a second i'm not bitching but i was sitting there i saw some kids and i'm like what the hell what the hell is this kid doing i you know i was at the supermarket and this this kid was sitting there with her mom and the, the girls get busy at the supermarket you know and if i i bring my own bags and if it's busy if there's no bagger i'll bag it i don't i don't care yeah of course yeah but this girl's just sitting there watching she's like 12 and she's sitting there and her mom is standing there blabbing her ass off to the lady and and this lady's sitting there behind the counter gets done everything and then she has to stop and load it. I'm thinking, why couldn't this kid do it? And it's like not being old. I'm not being an old person. I'm just called it's common sense. Yeah, and I think that's more about maybe that kid or the values or how it's being raised, you know, regardless of the generation it's in. I mean, they're a shitty... Can I swear? I just know F-bombs. Oh, okay. I mean, it's internet, but I don't like the F-bombs. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I was just about to and then I stopped myself. Uh, But, you know, yeah, I think there's not nice kids regardless um Jerks. maybe not great manners it's it's a matter's change i mean have you noticed that? i mean I'm, I'm i'll be 51 you're what 30 31 yeah okay so have you noticed the manners change because we have a big age difference and for me the manners have changed a lot right but now for you from your generation do you know do you think the kids are more punky now with bad manners a lot of them i don't know i mean i i grew up it's so hard for me to compare because I was around like island kids and villages and that mentality is so different regardless of what year it was. You know, it's just a very communal community. You know, the 10 year old watches the five year old that's holding the baby and everyone kind of takes care of each other. So it's hard for me to compare because that's what I'm used to. That was sort of the environment that I grew up in. And that's very normal to me. So, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I have I have nephews that are super well adjusted and really smart and really really kind. But they're also kids, and sometimes they suck. You right. know. <laughs> now, now you, after Fiji, where did you go? Because you said you until you were eleven, you were living in Fiji. Um, Fiji and the Solomon Islands, yeah, okay. and then um, Michigan. Now that must be culture shock because <laughs> first of all, I'm sure is it always was it always warm? Well, yeah. Before, I mean, it might get rainy season, but it was always warm, right? Yeah, it's right by the equator. Okay. You know, close so by. So you're hot. It's yeah. always hot, and now. You end up in, you go to Michigan. Now, was that because your dad's job took him to Michigan? His job was over. Like he had his, the thing he was working with energy efficiencies and it was, they had completed the project or whatever. And his family and my extended family is from Michigan. So that was sort of the natural choice. Um, and Michigan's incredible. It was just snowy and right. so many white people. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, was it weird for you to acclimate? Because you came from, you know, all you know is the, the surroundings. And so all right. of a sudden... There's lots of cars and lots of, you know, TVs and just kids. I'm sure kids are dressed yeah, different. So much stimulus. What was it like for you? Because you were young. You were probably 12. 
I must have been, I was closer to 10. I was maybe like 8 to 10, okay. somewhere around so there, but whatever. There's some of the informative ages. Yes, you know, yes. Informative is, I think it's formative. I don't know. Yeah. But so now, what was that like for you? Were you, were you is it, was it a, like a big kick in your face, like a culture shock? I remember adjusting, I think all kids adjust pretty well, are pretty malleable, but um, the one thing I really remember is I had a thick accent, and so I remember working hard to get rid of it. Like, I didn't want to be different. I wanted to fit in and... Uh, so I specifically remember that and also things like being in class and learning, you know, money, like whatever it was, like the math class was like, oh, you have $5 or whatever. And that was different. So things like that, you know, and obviously culturally, but, um, but because all my family was here, it wasn't that, it wasn't like moving to a foreign country, okay. you know, it was comfortable, definitely. So now when do you start getting this little acting bug that's become your life career? Was it, was it in high school? Was it junior high or higher? I mean, and, and once again, you said when you were younger, you didn't, you didn't have an idea that someone, that's something that you could do. No. And there was no celebrity culture, obviously growing up or anything like I didn't know that it existed. Um, I don't know. It's such a good question. I don't really know. I, it was sort of this. It wasn't like I always knew and this is what I was going to do. I had moved to L.A. and knew that it interested me, but I still wasn't like, oh, my God, I, ha I have to do this. Oh, so you moved to L after Michigan, you moved to L.A.? Yeah, uh, no. Virginia, but who cares? And then not who cares, but whatever, some other places in L.A. So you were moving on. So, this, so yeah. how old were you when you moved to L.A.? I was about, I was maybe 19. Okay, now we're, what, during your high school years, did you have any idea what you really wanted to do? Or did you come to L.A. with family? What brought you to L.A.? No, I mean, I thought I did do some theater, um, but I thought I maybe wanted to go into medicine um, you know, I wanted every day I wanted something different. I still do. Uh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But um, I came to L.A. alone. And in the way an actor comes, like, you know, I drove my car across country and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't. I just was sort of searching. I was had started college in Virginia, but wasn't really sure and didn't know. And, um, yeah, I was really kind of just young and searching and i look back and i go what what well it is it's a big move and i can ask i ask all my guests this when you moved to la yeah where was the first place you moved especially for you it's different because you went from fiji to michigan which is a beautiful state but it's it's somewhat sheltered yeah and, and, and virginia where did you live like in richmond okay richmond which yeah. is the murder capital of the world and shaco <laughs> yeah. slip my sister lives in uh, right near richmond oh yeah and uh so in richmond though is you're getting more now to a city but yeah it's a lot of suburb yeah so you come to la and it's now where do you first move do you remember yes i had known so i there was a girl who was a friend of a friend who i'd never met i knew in wanting to come here, I planned for like a year and made sure I saved a little money and all that kind of stuff and was connected with her. So I drove right to her house, which is in West Hollywood. Okay. And well, first I drove to her work, got the keys. I was like, nice to meet you. Got the keys to her place. And she was interested in having a roommate. So it was her um, studio apartment on Fairfax right by that Whole Foods. And oh, that's, there, used, there used to be the uh, Stolen Schneider Bakery. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which I remember because I, when years ago, I used to wait tables at Planet Hollywood. Oh, wow. Bethlehem, and I used to drive down Fairfax because I lived on Fountain. And I remember I always got mad when I drove by the Stolen Snyder Bakery because it was always packed. And I read this article how they were all, it was all welfare. They all were living on welfare. And they had this thing. And, and I was like, how can I, I want to learn to scam the government? Right. What, I wanna... And you felt mad that you had to work? Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, they're, they're, they have this bakery. They're making all this money and they're still getting welfare. Right. Oh, man. It pissed me off. Yeah. But so, so, you, so what was it like when you moved? Because that's a hustle. That's a busy area. What was it like for you moving there? I think it was so, I look back and I go, oh my God, but it, you know, when you're in something, you just do it and it doesn't fit, you just do it. So I think, I, I don't remember it being too shocking. I was so focused on, okay, I got to get a job. I got to be okay. I got to support myself. What am I going to do? So I don't really remember. It took years before I actually took a breath and went, oh, I'm here. And where am I? <laughs> like, what is this city? Uh, it was a lot of just survival for, you know, a while. What kind of jobs did you get? Because you said when you got here, you're trying to find yourself. And yeah. it's like, did you get waiter job? Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's like, it's so funny. L.A. is the only place where when you go into a restaurant, most of the servers have college degrees. Right. Most of them are good looking. Uh, you don't see like the old Denny's waitresses here. And I always cracked up because I got waiter jobs and I was in the restaurant marketing business for a while. And I always laughed when I would talk to people who you like, you would need a headshot when you applied, which I'm like, like back East, it was like the servers were like when you were on college break or you're paying your way through college or you've been a waitress your whole life and you're yeah. great at your job and you know, and but here it's like, it's so, it's like competitive. It's Yeah, odd. it's bizarre. And I, 
I didn't have a resume or any, or no, I did have a resume, but I didn't need it. So I ended up getting a job at Wakano Late Night Asian Cuisine. I go to the one in Burbank. Yeah, they now have a bunch. They're yeah. wonderful. The owners. Um, Mike, Michael and Marcus. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I have so much love and gratitude for them. They, they're these two Chinese brothers and they started. Um, With these, nothing. With nothing and built up. They now have, I don't know. I mean, they're at Korean. least four or five. Uh, Chinese. I thought they were. I thought he told me they were Korean. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Chinese. Okay, no, because I used to always talk to uh, Michael. What's Michael and Marcus? Marcus was one of like sports, and he always. Um, he's like, so what do you think? He'd tell me like these bets. I'm like, I don't gamble, but yeah. So, so right. where was this? Was it located where? This one was on Third Street. Still is on Third Street. Um, okay, so that was West your Hollywood. that was your first job. First job, and for until that's the only job I had. Um, I've worked there. I would I, once I started working as, as an actor, I would go do a TV show, come back. Like I worked there until I was a hundred percent sure I could support myself, um, and they're like they were just always so wonderful. And I would go do a movie for three months and then come back, and they were fine with it. And um, you know, Marcus, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's like, they're oh, nice. you go be famous, okay? Yeah, they love it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're dope. They both dress real nice. Yeah. And they're just good guys. So, so as you okay, so you you got that job, but now when do you start pursuing your acting? I mean, when do you sit there and go, okay, I'm here, I, I'm acclimated somewhat. I, yeah. I have a job. I know I want to do something. Yeah. When do you start pursuing it? And do you take lessons, or how does that happen? Well, I definitely. I shouldn't say like I had no interest in it before. I definitely was interested in it, but I didn't really under I didn't really understand it could be a, I didn't know anything about it, but I knew that I was gravitating towards it. Um, and that restaurant gave me everything for my career, and it's the reason I act. Um, I waited on a guy who named Keith Goldberg, who was an executive at the time at New Line, and they were doing a movie um, called Cellular, and he's like, "You should come audition." And I had done nothing and knew no one. Um, and I did, and I got a small part, um, but I used that to then get an agent and manager because I fabricated <laughs> um, what, what my part was. And it had, you know, big name, Kim Basinger and um, Jessica Biel was in it. And it was at William Macy. It was a great cast. So I just said I was doing a movie with those people, which I was. I was. Well, I just had know, one it's, line. It's not, yeah, it's not. I mean, people, you know, people lie all the time. Like, tell me the producers never lie. You know, right, oh, yeah, right. I'm doing this movie with this guy, this guy. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm doing a movie with Estevez. Yeah, Ramon Estevez. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. not, it's not Emilio. It's not even Martin Sheen. <laughs> right. It's okay. So, so I want to check this out. So Cellular was your first. First ever. And you were Chloe's friend. Yeah, yes, okay. I, I was. I love, I, I love, I'm the last thing I love. So, so yeah, that must be exciting for you though, because you get this oh movie. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And like, and I had a trailer, um, and it was all of these incredible, and all the actors are really nice, but it, it was the scene had this crane shot. It was all these pieces and so much going on. And I was, I mean, Terrified doesn't even begin to describe it because so much was, I was, had to hit my mark and get the line for all these other pieces to fall into place you know um oh my god i was beyond terrified but it all went okay and i loved it and that then helped me get representation and then from there you know they were able to it was a year before the movie came out so by the time it did they didn't care that i had fabricated because i had started working so it was you know okay yeah i think it must have been really uh, scary because you know you you said you were a complete novice and then yeah. you're sitting there and it's not like you know anytime you like people do a small independent movie you know when people say do your you know, hit your mark. You don't right. know what that is. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I mean, I knew nothing. I didn't rolling like sound speeding, like all of these things. I had, I had no experience, and not only no actual experience, but no class. Like I'd never taken a class. I didn't know anything. And um, shortly after that, I booked my first TV show, and I was terrified I was going to get found out. <laughs> you know that I was a fraud. Like, oh my god. So, so you, after the movie, you get an agent. So you start going audition. Yeah. And then you book a TV show. Yeah, I don't know the order. I think maybe I did an independent. I feel like I did an independent in there, but you know, very. It was all kind of in the beginning. Um, but that was when when I started working was when I I immediately got in class and was like, I need to I need to figure out what I'm doing. I need to you know learn as much as I can. And what was the TV show you booked? Um, oh, I have. Oh. I have such an affinity for it. It was called Nobody's Watching. Okay. It was Bill Lawrence who created it, who's oh, such a wonderful, wonderful human being and an incredibly smart um, writer and showrunner. Um, and that was my real, t it was a sitcom and it was so much fun. And it was, you know, everyone was like, it's so hard to get a pilot, you know, it, every, you know, it, it's a tough business, but that it, 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 it could not have gone better. And, I remember when I tested, which is, you know, when you're auditioning against other girls, kind of the last phase of it, 
Bill Lawrence came out of the room and took my hand and was like, listen, just take a deep breath. You're going to leave here being proud of yourself. If you mess up, we're going to go back to the beginning. Like we're just, you know, you won't leave here without feeling great. And I was like, oh, testing is easy. <laughs> like, right. This whole pilot thing is a breeze. <laughs> and then I booked it like as I was leaving, they called to say it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Everything's great. Now, what was it? Were you, were you uh, cause you know, comedy is, is not easy. Right. Now, was that weird for you? Because, well, in cellular, of course, it wasn't comedy. Right. Because, you know, it's not. talking, yeah. And now, but for like that show, were you confident that you could be funny? I mean, no. I always think, well, the thing for me is also, I think, you know, people talk about marketing and all this stuff. Like, I think anyone who's who's a server is has the acting ability because you have to deal with idiots. You have to deal, and there's people you play up to to get a tip. I mean, hey, yeah, when course. I was a server, if there was, you know, some women flirting with you. Oh, damn right, I'm flirting back. Yeah, you know, you and are. if there's someone who's an idiot, you you kill them with kindness in a very mean way. You're like, oh yeah, you you become very condescending. And most people who are very mean don't understand when they're being condescending to. Did you did you feel did you have any of your waitressing things come in when you're doing the comedy? Or I think definitely, I mean, definitely the ability to deal with people, but also life experience and um, you know just sort of maybe it was the moving around, but being able to kind of learn how to be okay in every situation. I think you know, being like water in that way and sort of forming to whatever's around you. And um, in a lot of ways for me acting, that has, has come in handy, you know, with all those situations and being a different person and you just kind of become it. Um, so I think in that way, the moving helped a lot. So you did that. So you did the pilot. Yeah. And it doesn't get picked up. It doesn't. Right. Does that frustrate you? Do you feel a little like bummed or how's that go? Cause you're still, you're still, I mean, it's so funny. You're, you're still a fawn in the woods. I mean, you're, you're very, right. at that time, you're, it's very young in your career. And I, yeah. I think, I think people can do it in two ways. I think one, it can just devastate them or one, they can just, or two, they can just say, okay, well it happens. I mean, what was your attitude? I think at the time I didn't realize what getting picked up meant. I didn't realize what it meant to really be on the air and really have that kind of stability not only financially, but just within the business and all of that stuff. I was so excited to have this week experience that I had that I was stoked. Everything was fine. I didn't really understand the weight of it either way. Um, it wasn't until, you know, and I, however many failed pilots later, <laughs> 10, that I understood. So, okay, well, I want to get to So yeah. now you've, you've had a lot of failed pilots? Yeah. Now, how does that, I mean, I always say, some of them should be very proud of themselves because they got a pilot. I mean, that puts you way above so many people. And five failed, ten failed pilots, it still it means that people believe in you. And it's, right. not, it's not the person. It's not – I think it would be hard because it's like – I don't think people notice it. It's not you that made the pilot fail. Right, right. And yeah, now, it has nothing to – did you start – did you feel in the beginning it was you that did it? Or, I mean, how did that work? No, I had never – they weren't – maybe if I was the lead or if the okay. show was revolved around me, I might felt – might have felt more responsibility. I think that that's a lot harder position to be in. A lot of these shows were ensembles where, you know, that had a million different pieces to the puzzle and um, it going or not going, even if it went, that also would have nothing to do with me. So either way, I mean, a small, you know, I would, I contributed, but um, now understanding everything, it, it is so hard to have a great show that gets on the air and stays on the air. Oh, that yeah. is so difficult. So I don't, I don't take it personally or it's I'd a, be dead. I'm just, but that's just crazy. I mean, but it's like so many pilots, many, is it sit there like when you would go into a pilot, did you, after a while we like, ah, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to do it, but I don't think it's going to get picked up. I mean, you're getting paid, so it doesn't make a difference. Right. Right. But is there a point where you sit there, but you start getting a little pissed, like, damn it. You know, I'm getting tired of this because I'm good. If I wasn't good, I wouldn't be getting cast. Right. The show's, have to be good but then in hindsight you look and go oh you see some TV there's a lot of crap out there but is it was it a point where you start getting frustrated and just be like but just one of these breaking I mean how did you keep oh for sure I mean absolutely and I think that in the same way with movies I've done incredible movies that maybe you know that were had incredible actors and big budgets and then didn't necessarily get the reception that everyone thought they would or whatever you know all that kind of stuff um and sometimes you do things that you don't maybe don't think are great and then they're the ones that people love and then you do things that are amazing and no one responds and you know all that kind of stuff so um i think i have just shifted the way i approach things which is if i love it and it like makes me excited makes my heart feel good i do it and then whatever else happens doesn't matter because i choose it from that place where sometimes, of, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sometimes, of course, you might choose things for a variety of reasons. One being financial, one being, you know, oh, there's good people attached. I'll try this. I'll get on this train because this train might keep going right. kind of thing. 
But ultimately, for me, what works is, oh, this is interesting to me. That's all that matters. That's what I'm doing. Now, were most of the pilots, were the majority of them comedy and sitcoms? No, about half and half. Okay, so now it must be in the casting world. I mean, I think a lot of times people get in the beginning of their careers, they get said, you know, it's either you're in drama yeah. or you're in comedy and you're a good looking woman. Thanks. So it's like, you know, and people sit there, a lot of people, you know, you know a good looking girl can't be funny. That's mm-hmm. an old creed, which annoys me because it's stupid. Yeah. But so for you, what, I mean, what were you more excited when it'd be a comedy? Were you more excited when it would be in a drama or you just didn't care because it was work? Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I mean, I like both for different reasons and, um, it's, it's just so funny. Like when I, so I've been doing the show episodes, which is a comedy for, we just finished our fourth season. And before that, I was the drama girl. I can't be fine. Well, she does drama. That's what she does. We can't, she can't be funny. And then I do episodes and it's like, well, she does comedy. Does she, is she able to do drama? I mean, it's just people, people see you for what you're doing at that time. Um, which is fine. I just, so I'm always aware that I, it's constantly sort of having to prove yourself depending on what people see you as in that moment. Of the pilots, who are some of the actors you work with? Because I always, I always love, I always yeah. love stories when people go. Because I had a guest on uh, a guy named Jamie Kaler, who was involved in this pilot, and it was produced by Clooney, and he was right. a bartender at O'Brien's in Santa Monica, and he's sitting there, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh man, you know, it's HBO. Clooney's attached, and it's Frank yeah. Langella." And he's like, "Well, I was like, you're going to quit your day job," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "You know," and you get that pump like these, and then all of a sudden it doesn't get picked up. And he's yeah. like, "Frank, I mean, what were who were some of the actors? And what were, do you remember some of the premises, or just the actors, or do you?" Can you understand why they didn't get picked up? Yeah. Or was there one that you thought would definitely get picked up? Oh, yeah. I mean, that very first one, looking back especially, it was so smart and so funny and so kind of beyond, like ahead of its time. And Bill Lawrence is, I mean, he's a, he created Spin City and Scrubs right. and he's golden finger, gold, you know, he's he's amazing. And um, and I, re- I think that, I still think that should have, and that was billion years ago um there were no celebrities in that it was you know the cast were relatively unknowns one of which taryn killam is now on snl which is really cool um and lauren bittner the other actress that works all the time um but uh i you know one one pilot did was with freddie prince jr that was a multi-cam he was lovely like you know you always that was called freddie yes it was and now was that the one was paul riser involved in that did he produce that I don't think so. Because Freddie was, they were, there was a pilot, and I used to be the marketing manager at Gordon Beers here in Burbank, ah. and they taped a Freddie Prince pilot was seen in that uh, the restaurant. Oh, wow. That's a, what a funny. So, so that's crazy. So, so you did it for, and, you, and of course you're thinking Freddie Prince was on the hot train, you know, back then. Like, he right. was, and also you're probably thinking that's going to get picked oh, up. Oh, of course. Well, everything I always am like, well, yeah, they wouldn't make it if they didn't right. look. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> what were some of the dramas? What are some of the dramas you did? Like the the pilots. I did. Well, I did a show called Drive. We did get picked up um, for, it was a pilot that then got recast and re kind of, the year later they redid a bunch of stuff. Then we got picked up, um, but they pulled us after about six episodes. So we sort of mid shooting when they were like, no, never mind. Um, Now, was that based like on the movie Drive or what was the? No, uh, it was totally separate. It was a drama. It was, you know, a bunch of um, like, uh, what is the movie? It's a cannonball run that it's like, but it's a drama. Like people would, it's a car. It's basically like a car race. All these different people racing to get to this money. And, but crazy stuff went down and people die like every episode. And it was very intense. Now, what was that like? Cause you, you had a, it's, you, the role, the show ran for a few episodes. So it yeah, must've been a six. great feeling to sit there and go, okay, I, I have a place to go for six weeks. Did you, do you get close to the staff? I mean, is it something or, you know, I mean, what's it like? Cause you're going every day and they're almost like your second family. Totally. And that was the first show I'd ever done that got picked up. And so, and I was still at Volcano and I went back to Volcano while I was, um, while I was doing it on my days off and after because okay. I was very aware that yes it feels great to do six and like oh my god I'm making real money but I knew that that would you know wasn't a long term thing um, but at that time I'm it's, it's so interesting how you learn I didn't you know I was still kind of naive and excited and I didn't know my place and I didn't you know I just was like nervous and um, so I, I wasn't nearly as confident and I think now going into a job it's like you befriend people and the showrunners and the writers and um, but I wasn't very sure of myself so I kind of was just timid and you know did my job and then would leave 
Um, but I did become really close with uh, the actor Nathan Fillion, who was the star of that show, who's an incredible, incredible Castle. human being. Castle. Yeah, yeah. he's Castle. Now. I always laugh. I always joke around because <laughs> my girlfriend watches Castle. She turned me on to Castle. Okay. And I always say it's funny because he looks, he, he's back to normal, but he got a little chubby for a little while there. It's long hours. And I always <laughs> cracked up because I always said like, they would sit there and, you know, Stasha Connick, but, you know, went from being very like sort of just plain looking to all of a sudden she's this sex pot now and then Castle's I used to call him Fat Castle but I love that show and he just seems really likable he just seems like a a cool like one of those guys that you'd sit there if you met him he's, he'd be like if you saw him at a bar, he'd probably just drink a beer and just talk about something. Yeah, and I guess I bring him up not to like name drop, but just to say he. Sh- I watched what it was to be a number one. Like when you're the lead of the show, and how he treated everyone, and how hard of a worker he was, and how le- like everyone loved him, and he set the stage. You know, he's he set the the tone for what kind of behavior was okay and what wasn't, and that for me was I've wanted to emulate in that in that in my career. Um, you know, because obviously you, you work with people also that maybe aren't as nice and that kind of thing. But he's he's such an incredible human being and actor. And after doing that with him, I was like, oh, that's that's what I wanted. That's who I want to be. I want to be just like you. So as I follow, you know, from after you know your different things. I mean, you've been in Sons of Anarchy for yeah, that was fun. No, what was that like? Because I, I had uh, Mark Boone Jr. on the yeah. guy Bobby oh, Mutz. So lovely, yeah. And uh, he's uh, he. I mean, that's one. Of the, that was one of the first guests I was sort of intimidated just because he's he looks intimidating. He's intimidating. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy, but he comes in and he's. He's he's got the big beard. He's got the voice, and yeah. he smelled a little bit like a cigarette. And you know, yeah. he took off his jackets. What was that show like being on? Because that was one of those people just watch that show, and it's yeah. like, is it weird for you to go onto a show like that where you're stepping in as a guest? Yeah, and I've done. Oh my god, I I don't even know how many guest stars. They're the they're the hardest in the sense that you're the new kid at school. You know, everybody always ha- already already has sort of their groups or their. You know, I always wonder who I'm going to sit with at lunch. <laughs> like, will the cool yeah. kids like me? Um, and every time you do guest spot, it's a brand new job. So you have a new boss, you have a new director, you have new new writers, new showrunner, and it's just for a week. And especially shows that have been going a while, they're in their groove, they know each other. It's really, uh, it's difficult in that way. And so it's always nice when you go into a job and people are kind and open and stuff. And Because in order to do good work, it's important to feel safe and comfortable. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that to me is always tricky. Now I love it again, but when when I was younger, it was a lot harder. Now it's fine because I like myself more. Now, how'd you get into the Conan loop? Because I know you did a oh, bunch of yeah. Conan stuff. Because I mean, it's it's like it's. it's I know a few of the writers. Brian Kiley's a oh, nice guy, great. and yeah. uh, Laurie Kilmartin's wonderful. Oh, Laurie is so funny. Yeah, they're so funny. And I saw Laurie at a benefit a few weeks ago. She was doing her stand up, and it was she's just really funny. So that's that. Now you had a bunch. Of, you came back on it a bunch of time. How does that come part around? Because you know you, you're doing a TV. Right. You're doing the guest spots for Conan it's it's you know there's sketches it's not I mean how did that how did your agent tell you or did you were you a fan of the show you wanted to that do? wasn't actually through um or through my agent at all I had known um a girl named Allison Floral who was a writer's assistant to Conan and so she it was through her she was always been incredible and supportive but she was like hey do you want to come do these sketches and it was all and then she told the you know through casting and all that kind of stuff um and through her I got to know that whole group and they're such great people oh my god they're wonderful wonderful people so yeah that was kind of how that came about and then you know you always kind of I'm always hustling like I like interesting new things that I haven't done or that are new people or something that scares me or you know and especially at the time when I was sort of starting oh yeah I wanted to do any and everything did you enjoy the sketches because it's so different because sketches are fun I, I, I had eight years ago we had a sketch group that ran in Hollywood and I had come from a background in stand up so it's very oh. different because it's so quick and you know it's like it's it's so quick and there's a lot of work to prepare and like that little bit of time you have to be you have to be on like, you can't lollygag you have to be on top of your thing were you comfortable doing that is it something that you went or you were were you like you said a little bit timid or scared at first or i mean what happened i think through all this like each time i would grow a little and get more confident those specific ones we none of the ones uh, except for one i did one of them was live and the rest were pre-shot which is nice live is definitely obviously scarier um but that group was so kind and wonderful and fun and funny that i felt super comfortable except that i knew how funny they were so i didn't want to just you know i wanted to make sure i <laughs> they weren't like who is this girl right right oh get her out of here um but and especially Con- like they're just lovely and no it was really fun and the stuff that i was doing was not the the funny was them you know i wasn't there to serve too much of a purpose with the exception of you know 
my body. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't complain. Hey, yeah, you know, so. hey guess what? Hey, I'm fine. I, I, I'm auditioning for a bald person. I'm like, I'm fine being bald. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, yeah. Oh, you need someone bald and creepy? Hey, come here. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you're doing this. You're doing Conan now. Now, what is Ghost Facers? Is that? Oh, that was fun. That was a spinoff of Super, the show Supernatural. And it was, um, they made it, we made it as a web series. And I think... There was or maybe still is some talk of trying to make it into an actual TV show. But uh, it was, yeah, really great. We played, um, I played like a naive, super, <clears throat> really naive girl who's <laughs> excited about everything. Um, and we hunted ghosts. <laughs> How'd that come about the, for a web series? Oh, did uh, someone say, hey, man, you know, we, we know you, we like your work? Or was it someone you know who produced it? Or how'd that happen? I'm trying to think at that point. I, I don't know if I... I feel like I probably auditioned for that. Um, I feel like that was a time when I was still auditioning a ton. Um, I mean, I still do audition, but less. Um, yeah, I think maybe that was just a straight up audition through my agent. I can't remember. Now you, you're, you're doing a lot of comedy these days, mm -hmm. and now are you? Do you take a comedy class? Do you go Acme, or do you go to any of those things? Or have you tried to hone your skills that way? Yeah, I mean, I. I, I think classes are amazing. I Scheduling wise and shooting wise, I've been bouncing so much. I haven't been able to be in class because I've been just working, which is a wonderful experience. Um, and I feel like being on episodes is a master class in comedy in a lot of respects. Um, I did. I took uh, Pretty Funny Women, which, you Lisa. know, Lisa Sunset. Yeah. yeah. So I took her class, which was amazing. Um, and also joke writing class, which was so wonderful. It gets my brain, you know, really helps get your brain going faster and learning what works, what doesn't, how to tell story, all that stuff. Um, so I did do stand up with her. And through what her. was your experience of doing? I mean, what did you think was, was I mean, how, is that the only time you've done stand up or have you done a little more after? I did it a little more after. Um, but I haven't, uh, that experience gave me, I already respected it, but now I, whoa. <laughs> Isn't it weird? You, know, you go the first time and, you know, it's like any, and you know, so many people, but, you know, you came in and you were already a working act, you know, actor. Yeah. So you, but you knew you had your chops, but so many people sit there and they go, oh yeah. Like you say, oh yeah. I, oh, you, you do comedy. Oh yeah. People tell me I'm funny. And you go, well, it's not like that. The no. first time where you, I mean, I think it was what I've got from Lisa is that it's a very, you're group of very pretty funny women mm. is very supportive it's a very supportive group you're sort of like a sisterhood yeah so did that make it easier for you to go on stage because you knew these people oh and totally yeah as a sorry to cut you off uh, totally like as opposed to sort of the other friends that do stand up and it can be really brutal and competitive and all of these other things my experience was amazing because it was all women everybody was like yeah girl even if it wasn't a good joke i was like you can do it you right. know it was it for me it was a wonderful environment because that's where i thrive like i don't do well with you know critical harsh things when i'm learning um so i think for me that was the perfect way to learn but it was i mean it's really really difficult and for me and for a lot of people i just it's something i hugely respect now i want to ask you um how did episodes come up because i mean, I, I love the show now were you were you were, you weren't on the first season i was i didn't come right. in until about halfway through okay of now, the first season if people if you're not watching the show go watch it i i, I mean it's one of these shows it's just, it's David Crane. Yeah. Who was, I mean, behind so many great shows. He created Friends, among yeah. a I mean, million just, other things, yeah. You know, I think he was involved with Frasier, too. Um, maybe, I may be wrong, but I'm not uh, sure. Maybe. But he's just so great. And he's so, and the cast, I mean, you know, Matthew LeBlanc is just so funny. And I mean, he's just, he, he's such a, a, just a dumbass, but himself, which must be, that's what makes it better. Because, you know, he has to play like this. You, you don't, you sit right. there and you don't like him. And you go, oh, it's Joey. You know? Right. So now, when it, did you know when it came up? Did someone say, "Okay, this is you know Showtime"? Because most times Showtime stuff is well written. And, yeah. You know, like Californication, I love the different shows. Yeah. Did your agent come up to you in the I mean, how? When did you get approached about doing the show? Was it like earlier? Did they say we're interested, or did you know when you were going to be on? They had. Um, so this was about four years ago, and I had definitely been working, but. Um, you know, consistently in that kind of thing, but I, in no way, and still I'm not, like it's still a hustle, of course. And uh, my manager had sent my reel to their, their casting director just as like a, do you know this girl kind of thing. Um, and from that, the casting director was like, oh, we actually have a show coming up she could be right for. And so from that, I got an audition and uh, went to the audition just with casting, got called back to meet with David Crane and Jeffrey Clare, who created it, and Jimmy Mulville, who's the producer. And I I was doing a movie at the time, and I hadn't looked on the sheet that said who the producers were, which is not professional. Um, 
like I, but I just I was sort of so overwhelmed with doing the movie, and I left the movie during break to go audition, do the test, and I am so glad. This is not now how I work, but I would have been so intent when I realized who the creatives were. Oh my god, <laughs> like right. they're oh, yeah. so intimidating. And at the time, I didn't realize when I was in the room with them, and they were grounded and kind and had great notes and really lovely and supportive, and it felt so nurturing. And at the time, I didn't. Now it's like I, I always know everyone involved, and um, don't let that kind of stuff intimidate me. If anything, it's motivating and wonderful. But I think four or five years ago, I was still that kind of stuff would make me shrink. I wasn't as like in my own skin. Oh, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so in that way, it worked out for me. But it, it, I won't do that again. Where I don't know, like <laughs> this. Right. I just was too scared. Well, to- yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy. I mean, you sit there and go, "Wow, you know this." You know, it's like if you walked in and Kenny Charles is directing you. It, you know, like, no, Larry Charles. I'm sorry. You're like, well, well, wait. You know, you'd be like, wait, this guy's sci-fi direct. You know, so oh, it would God. be yeah. very legend. I mean, they're legend. They right. they are. They're so. They are the best at what they do. They are. I mean, geniuses sound so. Ta- really, they are geniuses. They the way they put words together and the notes that they have. And oh, on this word, go up, and now it's funny. But if you go down at the end, it's not, or whatever. You know, the cadence and all of these things. Well, what's amazing about that show also is, and you're right, the writing. It, it's it's not written sitcom. I, I hate I hate to say that in a bad way because Seinfeld, the same thing. Seinfeld wasn't written that way either. But it's like on on episodes, it's just funny. There's no bump 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 joke right. bump 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 joke which so many sitcoms are like that and i think that's why a lot of them fail now because it's it's you know it's coming but here it's just it's such a even keel and it's it's just you're right it's so well written and it's you know it's going to be funny and it's one of those things jokes don't miss i mean that's the thing it's like a lot of ever, places ever and <laughs> even if they do miss you wouldn't notice it because it's it's as you said it's so the timing and it's so evenly Healed. It's just it's it's really understated it's a, and grounded. Yeah, and, yet. and that's what makes it such a great show. So so when you find out you're going to get cast in the, after you audition for them, yeah. Okay, now do you know it's you're you're going to be in the in the first season in the middle? Or I mean, how do you, how do they how are you what part are you auditioning for? I knew I knew the part was a series regular, um, and I knew it was already picked up. So I knew in getting the job, this meant like oh, it's you know the full season, um, and cared we. That's different than any other show because they shoot it like they write everything first and then shoot it like a movie. So I shot random days, but tech, when it's in order, I come in. I think so every, it's like everything's in order. So okay, so it's so you know the whole arc and everything's written. So yes. you know, okay. So so I knew kind of yeah what I was going to be doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but character wise, she's not she's talked about, but you don't actually see me until whatever the third or fourth, um, and. You know, as the seasons go on, the I've gotten to do kind of more and more, and gotten meteor, and you know more about the character. The f- first season wasn't as I, I didn't work. I don't think quite as much as later, um, but it was and is. It's so it's such a cool, and I think it helped me. I came in. They hadn't found the girl, and they had looked. They had read. I mean, Dave and Jeffrey say thousands, but I mean, really, you know, hundreds of girls. Um, and I think it was in my benefit. It was benefited me that they were really starving for some. Right. <laughs> so you get it. So so you get done the first season mm-hmm. and it gets, you know, I think, I think uh, Matthew Blanc actually got nominated for an Emmy the first season. Yeah. Um, and Golden Globe. I don't know the, it's all blended together, but he's definitely, yeah, he's got he was, an Emmy the and first season. Golden So Globes. it's, man, it's always, and it's one thing, it's always when you're on a show with Showtime and stuff like that, you know, because it's a limited viewership. You know, it's, sometimes it's hard to get the word out about totally. it. Totally, and it's and it's one of those things. As I said, for me, it took a while until someone said it's really funny. And I wasn't really a big Matthew LeBlanc fan. I, I don't really watch Friends, so I mean, that's you know, I wasn't. But I was. But once I watched it, I was really hooked because the two leads are amazing. Yeah, and they're just something. So you get done the first season, and it's got buzz. So now are you sitting there going, okay? Do you know right away they're picking up a second season? No, I mean I don't know. I'm timing wise, it. I'm trying to remember when they actually announced it, but there was still they take a year. The writers take a year off in between, which is unusual for TV, and so there was a lot of me not knowing. Um, and I don't know, even though I everyone involved was so awesome, just because of my past experience, I, I, nothing surprises me, right. you know, ever anything in a, in a good way. Like, I'm not cynical, not negative, but I just I never am surprised. Um, so when it did, I was like, oh, sweet, here we go again. Now your get your 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 role. Uh, no one knows how old you are. That's a, right. that's always just cracks me up. It's so because that and that's some of the funniest stuff because it goes, you know. 
it, it, it's taking us like a slam sort of in Hollywood, especially yeah. now like the Renee Zellweger thing with the plastic surgery. Everyone's talking. Right. That's what makes your 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 uh, like when he sleeps with uh, your daughter. Yes, which is just so and and that just you sit there and you're expecting him. You're not expecting it to be your daughter. You're just expecting it because he's. If people don't watch, Amalia Block's just a drunken womanizer. And uh, but what's it like for you to sit there? Is it? It must be fun because you're sitting there like they're saying you're older and you had bad plastic surgery one time. Yeah, totally. And now, but didn't they inflate your face or something happened? Or yeah, like she, the character. So she's she's like in her, you know, I don't know, early fifties, but she's had a lot of work done. Is sort of the joke. And uh, yeah, one of the episodes she had plastic surgery that felt like it was a cheek implant that fell and looked kind of disgusting and um it was so fun so how, so fun how long are you in makeup for that because it looked it looked i mean and it did, did it did, it must affect your performance because there's something hanging off your face it's oh like, yeah it's not you know it's not like if you go like or if, if someone puts a little thing but i mean how long did it take for yeah makeup? and you can't move your mouth like if it creases like it doesn't last as long it starts to pull and like um, not wrinkle but just split you know because right, right. the latex or whatever it is i don't know um but yeah so you kind of can't move your mouth all day and be careful when you're eating and all that and this was a small i mean it took us probably not crazy maybe a couple more hours than usual every morning but it gave me i started to understand what it is when you play like a superhero or you're in full prosthetics i only had this small thing on my right. face i can't imagine <laughs> having my body i mean i can't imagine <laughs> I know it's crazy. You think about. It. I mean, for that, just I mean, so you have this little thing, and you can't eat. I mean, your whole your whole it throws your whole day off because I'm sure you're used. It's to, uncomfortable. Yeah, you it's used really to be like, hey, what's up? Hey, you know, drink soda. So, um, so how long did you how long did you have to wear it? I think that it wasn't bad. It was probably a couple of weeks, maybe. You know, nothing so, comparatively. So every day you had to go in there to redo it. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so you have to get there earlier and stuff like and that. Stay just, later, and but again, for a few weeks, it's not. It, you know, it's nothing. Um, and so I was happy to do it, but I, it did give me a, a newfound respect for the people that have to. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, Cause I can imagine. So it's every day. I mean, so, so the, the episodes only get picked up for a third season. Yes. Okay. So that must be, you must be on top of the world. Good. It's great. And at this point it's sort of in its group. Like I just, it makes sense that it keeps going. It keeps getting nominated for things and it's just really well done, you know, and finishing we just finished the fourth season last week and um but you know it's back to like i don't know i don't know if it'll go to fifth like who knows this person said this but this person said this but i'm hearing this i mean i don't know well it's great how they ended the the third uh, the last season because it's just it was perfect and now now when do you know when it's gonna start airing january Okay, good. I'll to get Joanne caught up in all the past ones. Well, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just say this is my show. I'll say because she watches like Survivor. Which they keep changing. It oh, nice. like reality or like, which just one? just she likes Survivor and she likes Amazing Race. And, oh, those are great. And they're I don't want I don't want to watch Survivor. I don't like I don't. A, you know I used to sit there and she loves Big Brother, which I hate. Oh. I think I don't know much about that one. I, I think they're all just idiots, and she just and she like she's into it. Like she'll. With the season finale, she always gets like she finds like the East Coast feed so she can text her brother. Oh, she's and, so into it. Well, she wants to text her brother and all because she's on, you know, because he watches it. Right. So she's only been out here for a year. And so it's they text, but it's amazing. But I have to get her into this because this is the kind of show she actually did watch some of it one time. I was doing something, I was catching up on On Demand, right. and I heard her laughing. I'm like, you got to watch this. Yeah. So now, what was it? What is Heart of Dixie? Now, that, oh, Heart of Dixie is so cute. It's, now, that's that's more of a drama. She might like that show. Um, it's more. Uh, it's a it's a dramedy. It's um, takes place in a small town in the south, and uh, Rachel Bilson's character is a doctor from New York who then comes to this small town and lives there. Uh, and it's it's just it's so cute and fun and heartwarming. It's lovely. It's such a lovely show. We just wrapped also last week the fourth season of that show as well. Now how did that how did that come up? Were you, were you when you it's, it seems like in the years it's going the same years as episodes. Yes, it's exactly the same. So you, you, which one did you get first? Um I got episodes first okay. and then was actually going to have uh, a potent, a bigger part on be more part of Heart of Dixie, but then it didn't the dates didn't quite work. And so it was wonderful because we finished the first season of episodes and I was going I was able to go right on to Heart of Dixie as recurring in this fun they, it was just going to be a one-off. Like I came to do one episode. I knew the the creators, and that was great and fun. And she turned into this full person that um, I've ended up doing. I don't know, maybe twenty-five episodes of that show, and it's um, 
Oh, I love, I love this character. Is is, is she uh, is she a nice girl or? Yeah, her she... name is Tansy Truitt. She lives that, in a trailer. Now you have to do that. Do you have to do the accent? Yes. Okay. So now, how did you learn? Because Virginia. Because I lived you... in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And um, she's just super spunky and really wants to find love. And oh, she is. I I, I love playing her so much, and she's really resonated with people. Like I, the people that watch the show. Um, She's just so likable. It's been, and I feel lucky I've gotten to play two characters. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you're 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 on two shows, and they're both they're now Hard Things airs on ABC Family. Um, it, that's on oh. CW, and okay. it's going to start soon. I shouldn't know the day, but soon. So you have two, and they're, they're ex- exact opposite roles. Couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> and so that must be great for you, as you know, you know, for your craft because you're you know. The, the bombshell, you know, like the one, then you're the trailer girl. Right. And that must be just great. I mean, it's like, did they ever shoot at the same time? No, but, it, well, no, that's not true. This year it did. I flew back from London and did Heart of Dixie. And it was crazy because on episodes, the character Morning is, you know, in her 50s-ish, really kind of has conviction, strong, been around, been there, done that, confident, um, you know, is an actress. And has been in the entertainment business for a long time. And so that's a very specific and, and, you know, took me a while to sort of grow into those shoes of feeling that as confident as a 50 year old person maybe would. And then with Heart of Dixie and Tansy, she's, they make me really, really tan, really, really curly hair. Do they spray it? So much hair spray. No, the hand. Oh, the spray tan. No, we just do, um, it's like a lotion that's tinted. Um, You know, her clothes are a little trashy. Like she just, you know, doesn't have a lot of money. And but when I flew back from episodes to do that, we did the first take and I did it as morning, like not as the other character. Oh wow. Because I was so I had just gotten off the plane, I was so jet lagged and it, it was fine, like it's not that's not that big a deal. Um it was just one take, but I was like, Oh pfft. like I had to go, Okay, so you have to switch your entire get ba- get back to her, get back to her. And then that was fine, then I was in it and we were all good. But it took a second of like, Oh shit, who, who, who am right. I? <laughs> what was it like shooting in London? How long were you over there? Um, the, they do the whole season about three months. This year, I was only there for about a month because all my stuff was consecutive, which was um, great. But it's so—I mean, it's so fun to fake live in another country. Yeah. Do you do you, do you stay at a hotel or how yeah. does it work? So you, so you go in. Yeah, girl. See, that's that's great. So you, you go in and you're in London, and that must you're be in awesome. Hotels paid for, flight. Like it's such an incredible way to experience something because obviously that city is crazy expensive. So to have it sort of taken care of and um, your food's free. Your food's free. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's so cool. Like how long did you get to go out in London? Was there did yeah. you have free time or oh, like, yeah. or do you have a five day shoot or how would that work? Um, I because I again am not the number one. I had free time. Like I don't work every day. It's sort of I feel like I discovered the secret. It's just like you know it's it's like a, a vacation where you're doing <laughs> yeah. what you love. I know I hate saying because I like don't want it to end, but it's kind of the most perfect like not having the pressure of working every day, but still like being an integral part is to it's kind of amazing. But yeah, I had time off. I had I went to. Like, especially when you're in Europe, you can take weekend trips to other countries easily. You know, last year I did, my boyfriend had come to visit and we did Croatia and Montenegro okay. and, you know, all these amazing countries because we'd have long weekends or I'd have a couple of days off in a row, you know? Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's, it's, I even have a hard time talking about it because I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, now where, now where does Heart of Dixie shoot? Here, Warner Brothers, here yeah. in LA. And now you have, yeah, you, your character lives in a trailer. Yeah. Okay, now, now do you, you have to. Do you, is that trailer the same that you get? Oh, you don't get a trailer here because you're it lives in L.A. I was gonna say because usually people get a trailer on the set. I would. Say, well, me. yeah, no, they still even though it's in L.A. There's still trailers. Is, for it, sure. is, is it the same trailer you live <laughs> on? No, Tansy has a um, like an Airstream. It's actually really nice. Okay. Um, I think Airstreams are awesome. So yeah, she has she has that. That's her home. Now, do people recognize you? Like because you, I mean, because one episode has a very cerebral crowd. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Like, yeah, I, there's exactly. going to be all different. I think Heart of Dixie probably has more of a family crowd. Maybe. Family and also women a lot okay. more. Oh, not all, but I would say more women. Now, do people recognize you, or do you ever, you know, people go, "Hey, you're, you know, from episodes, or you're." Do the people come up and and what have you had any bad? Bad react people been weird. Never, never, ever bad. Um, but always really like pleasantly surprised and wonderful. But always in the weirdest places. Like, like what? Well, I was gonna say Manhattan. That's not that weird. Like on the subway in New York, um, somebody was like, "Morning, morning, morning," because that's a character on episodes. And I thought someone was saying good morning. I was like, right. "Whoa, this is so aggressive." Um, that was fun. But things like. I was in Arizona. My uh, my boyfriend was speaking at the, I think it was the University of Arizona, and it was a student working at the coffee shop that was like, I know you. 
And I was like, oh, I, I don't think so. But, um, and she's like, no, I know you. I know you. I know you. And she goes, oh, Tansy. And then she goes, what are you doing here? Because it was like a college, right. you know, um, <laughs> coffee shop. That was amazing. Um, driving back this weekend from Palm Springs, we stopped at, uh, it was the smallest, it, it was like a fried chicken place in the middle of nowhere, way off the highway. Um, and the guy and his wife um, watched episodes, which was really cool. Stuff like that, where it's like, it's so fun. And like, he was staring for like a while. And I was like, no, oh, this guy's into me. Right. Well, I must look good today, girl. <laughs> um, but it's stuff like that. Not all the time, but the few times it's happened, it's really, it's meant so much because I'm not, you know, I'm not famous. It's like, it's so cool to me. You ever get free stuff? Ever... I do get free stuff. Um, yes. Which is awesome. And he hooked <laughs> up for like, I know guys who have said they've, you know, they're like, I know a guy who's, he's in Cougar Town, he's in mm-hmm. a small part. And he's like, oh yeah, they upgraded me to a first class because they like the show. Do you ever get anything good like that? Yeah, well, that's pretty amazing. I'll get like, I mean, I'm always grateful for it. I get cool stuff like maybe shoes or a dress or, you know, I just got like juices, like pressed juice sent to me or, that's, you know, some good. jewelry. Oh yeah, it's like, it's incredible. And I'm always so, yeah, I'm just always so grateful and I kind of always can't believe it, but um, it's awesome. So now I'm going to ask you, I mean, it's funny because you, you just wrapped episodes and now you're, uh, you know, the Heart of Dixie is, is wrapping or it just shot? Just, just finished. Okay. So you're done, you're done two shows, which, yeah. you, which it's great because it's funny. It's, you, you, should, you should feel very blessed, but and also it's like, it's like anything people go, like, oh, she's two shows, but people don't know. What people don't know is that you, you were in 10 pilots that didn't oh, go. It's, a, it's still, a, it's so much work all the time. So many ups and downs. And so, it looks so amazing from the outside and it is, it is incredible, but there is no shortage of really hard work and tons of crying. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, Cause episodes, you don't know if it's going to come back. And if it does, it is a year off anyway correct so, yeah and so now what do you do now when do you audition um or, or you pass the point where you can get just guest stars on shows because of your good resume yeah luckily which is awesome is usually i'm able to do a, like a, a guest star thing or like a fun little thing in a movie um is fun i'll get the offers for those which is oh sorry i just hit this sorry did i kill the people um so that's really really nice to it's always fun to get offered you always feel so special but absolutely there's auditioning and still proving yourself and still trying to get other things um as far as what's next i actually did a pilot in between while i was doing heart of dixie and episodes i did a pilot and um we just got picked up so i'm actually going to go shoot that the first season of that um, it's cable, so it's nine more episodes, ten total, and I'll be done with that in May. Is it comedy? Can you talk about it? Oh yeah, definitely. Is it comedy? We only have a few minutes up, but is it oh, comedy okay. or drama? It's a dark comedy called okay. Impastor. And now, who's in it? Uh, Michael Rosenbaum is a star. Um, he was Lex Luthor, and a woman named Sarah Rue. Um, and it's a great little. It's a fun, dark, interesting, funny. Uh, the pilot's amazing. I think it'll be. I think it'll be really, really good. And what's your role in that? I play a church lady. Okay, so you're really hitting the gamut. You play. <laughs> you play the starlet. You play the. Let's say the the, the southern girl who wants to you know Down sort home, of white trashy but wants to pick up she doesn't think get, she's trashy yeah, but wants to get married and now you play a church lady but church lady is misleading she's definitely um her to- her clothes are tight okay <laughs> now uh now any any other recurrings coming up on anything um well that uh the, i mean i mean sorry uh, guest stars anything coming up um i'm trying to think of everything's air that's gonna air um i just did sullivan and son the um the sitcom which is really yeah, fun Roy, Roy, Roy's been on the show yeah oh yeah. he's so good yeah. he's so funny um, so that and then I'm trying to think because we just it's basically this stuff airing and then I'll go do this pilot for the next few months that's awesome man. yeah we, so we have about three minutes left thanks so. for doing this oh, yeah no it's great so, so, so self-indulgent so, but I like uh, no, it no I you know that's what I do I sit there I, I, sit, I watch people and I like the show and that's when and I liked episodes and then as I said, because of Lisa, I right. saw, she said something about, you know, I saw a picture with you guys on Facebook. I guess you were shooting something with Lisa. Yeah, yeah. and she's a friend. Like, I really, I really like her. Yeah, and I don't know. What, what did you shoot with her? She does a thing called um, Things I Wish People Would Have Taught Me, and it's like her. It's like a web show, and it's really, really funny. Okay. I highly recommend checking I'll out her. Yeah. Yeah, I was intimidated by her first because I came in for the writing, and I was like, I was new, and I, like the only reason I knew Yakov was because he did my show, and then they had been there a few times, and I told her that she's like, oh no, she goes because she sent me an email, she goes, thank you, you really helped out, you know, you really gave in some good ideas. Yeah, she speaks so highly of you. And no thanks, and I was like, I told her, I, said, I was intimidated. I thought you guys didn't like me because I came in and like I, I don't even know him from the radio, and, and you might have thought I was like a jerk or something. And she's tough, like she has a lot of conviction. She's a strong woman. Oh yeah, which she is. is awesome. She's great, yeah. and she's uh, she's her, her street's weird though where she lives because. 
it, you can only park for two hours. Which yeah. makes no sense. Like every other, it's like a suburb. It's great if you want to be alone. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you could park for two hours and we, oh, we have to go move our car. Right. Because <laughs> like, wait a second. It's in the minute. It was when it was real hot. Anyway, so now are, are you social? Do you tweet? Um, yes. Uh, okay. At Miss M-I-S-S Mircea. So it's M-I-S-S-M-I-R-C-E-A. And do you tweet a lot? Um, I love, I do love it. Not a lot, but I love it. Do you do funny stuff or what do you do? I, I hopefully. <laughs> no, did you say so you do, you do, it's not all about like your career. It's just no, it's to... a some annoying promotion, but yeah, no, definitely jokes. Right, and also it... my boobs have a Twitter at Mercedes boobs. No, really? Yeah. And do they, do they, t- they tweet? tweet? Okay. I'm going to check it They're out. That's, funny. No, that's just funny. It's like, you got the boobs saying. And so, yeah. So, so we can find you on episodes and Heart of Dixie's coming up. Yep. I want to thank you for coming thank on. Thank you great so medium. much. And people say, so yeah, follow her on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk, at Cooper Talk. I'm always tweeting jokes. Also, if you want to send me an email, tell me what guests you would like. It's Cooper at CooperTalk.net, which is my website. So if you go to the website, I have about 305 episodes up on there. You wow. can listen to them. Also, if you have a Google, if you use a Android, you know, tablet or phone, go to the Google Play Store. You can get the Cooper Talk app. It's free. Same, all the shows are up there. Also, iTunes and Stitcher. It's Cooper Talk, one word, a bunch of them. And I'm just starting to get played on iHeart. So if you go to the iHeart app, they're a little behind. It's only the newer episodes. I have seven episodes up there right now, and I'm, I've submitted nine more. So check them out because it's easy to listen to. And that's about it. So yeah, please follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. Send me an email, Cooper at CooperTalk.net. Uh, you guys, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. And it's Halloween weekend, so have fun, but be safe and take Uber or Lyft if you need to get home. Have a great time.